Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Most important week on the NFL calendar, and we are here for it. Amber Wilson, Ian Fitzsimmons. You can find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Amber and Ian is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So we are getting you ready for Super Bowl 58, and that means a lot of good guests. You can always check out anything you missed here on the podcast on the ESPN app. But right now, we have the privilege of Daryl Moose Johnston joining us, three-time Super Bowl champ, Dallas Cowboys legend, of course, and executive vice president of football operations for the UFL. So, Moose, thanks so much for joining us. Let's just start with this matchup from the Kansas City perspective. How impressive do you feel like this particular run for this Chiefs team is getting to another Super Bowl? Oh, I think it's been very impressive, Amber. Um, I I think one of the the things that I came across this year, they went all the way back to 2020, and it was kind of an article that was done when the 49ers lost the three games in a row. I think everybody thought that they were the team to beat. They were rolling through the league to start. And then they had a couple of injuries, and it really impacted what they were doing. And, and they went back and they looked at all the teams that were 10-plus team wins uh, since 2020 until this year. And every single team but one, and it was the 2020 Chiefs that won 14-2, and two, kind of had a bump in the road. Uh, and, and I think that that's been the unique thing about these past few seasons, is even the teams that, that we look at that is potentially some of the best in the NFL have had that, that little bump during the course of the year and how do they write the ship. And for Kansas City, um, you know, they went through a stretch where they were three and five and they were probably their own worst enemy during that stretch. And, and the one thing you don't want to do if you're going to be a great team is have the inability to win games because of how you're playing. And, and that's exactly what Kansas City was doing. And, and I just think, you know, the steadiness of Andy Reid and, and Steve Spagnuolo and, you know, having been there, done that, and, and Patrick Mahomes as well, uh, I, I don't think he ever gets enough credit. We see how he plays the game on the field and all the unique things that he does and how much fun he has on there. But I, I think his leadership skills are, are really underappreciated. He just seems to be kind of that, that rock on that team that, that really kind of elevates everybody. He never panics. He never throws a teammate under the bus. He always is accountable to the offense for anything that goes wrong, and he puts that on his shoulders. He never gives that to somebody else to carry the burden. Um, so that was one of the things that I was really, really impressed with this year is really starting to see the, the leadership and the intangibles from Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, as this team has transitioned from, you know, several years ago to just having all those weapons where they were virtually unstoppable, where now it, it, it becomes a grind. It's a little bit of a fight, and it, it, it's been great to see them win games the way that they've won them. And, and Moose, they're, they're trying to go back-to-back. You were part of a team in the, in the Dynasty Cowboys of the 90s that did go back-to-back. What's the most difficult thing in achieving that goal? You know, I don't think it's that adage that we hear where, you know, you've got a bullseye on your back and everybody wants to take down the defending champion. I, I think there's always attrition um, and there's so much difference one from one season to the next. Um, you know, when you win championships, you lose coaches, you lose players, and you're going into that next season and 
you're not quite the same team you were the year before. So um, it, it's a very different makeup, and and you got to get off to a good start. And you know the the year that we uh, we were trying to defend, we started out zero and two. Now there was a great reason for that. You know we didn't have Smith under contract, and as soon as we got Emmett back under contract, we were fine. Um, but, you know, we put ourselves in a hole early in the year there in the, in the month of September, and, and it was hard to get out of. You know, we forced ourselves to have to be nearly perfect to be able to control the season that we wanted to control it. You know, we wanted to win the NFC East. We wanted to win the NFC and host the NFC Championship game. We had to go on the road the year before and beat a very, very good San Francisco team at Candlestick. And, and I still feel that that game, you know, when we won our first Super Bowl, that NFC Championship game was the best game that that group ever played together. I mean, we were plus four turnover, and we're still hanging on at the end of that game to beat San Francisco. So that next season, we're, we're just a different team, and we had some adversity uh, during the course of the year. I think that, that that demonstrates the character of the team. It demonstrates the grit of the team, and, and we learned a lot going through the season, and, and that helped us down the stretch through the playoffs and into the Super Bowl. Not unlike this Kansas City team. Uh, Moose Johnston, of course, Dallas Cowboys legend, joining us here on Amber and Ian. So, Moose, you said a lot of nice things about Patrick Mahomes. Let's talk about the other quarterback in this game and Brock Purdy. He clearly comes into the league as Mr. Irrelevant. And maybe because of that, a lot of people think of him as a system quarterback. What are your thoughts on what you've seen from Brock Purdy the last couple of years? Yeah, I I try to figure out why people haven't given him the credit that, that he really deserves. Um, you know, we had, we had the game that Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, broke his foot and, and Brock Purdy came in and I mean, he didn't miss a beat. I mean, he came in and the confidence that he played with in that situation, I think was kind of the biggest thing for me that not that it's too big for him, but, but he just, he wasn't impacted. He wasn't affected. It didn't do anything to him. He came in and he did his job. He trusted his preparation. He trusted his knowledge of the game plan. Uh, he made some phenomenal throws that day, um, throws you wouldn't expect from somebody in that position. So you could see the confidence uh, that he had. And then you started to hear about how the guys respected him, um, you know, in the way that he approached his job as the backup quarterback from week to week and kind of working through that whole preseason uh, through training camp and, and then into the regular season as the backup quarterback. So, you know, I, I couldn't be happier for Brock Purdy. Um, I, don't, I don't like the game manager moniker that we give the quarterbacks because I think, I think that's kind of the prerequisite for all of them. You know, Troy Aikman was a game manager. Tom Brady's a game manager. I mean, that has to be part of who you are and how you play as a quarterback. You can't turn the ball over. You understand, you know, when you get into situational football, you know, what you have to do and where, where the, you know, the pitfalls could be. I mean, that's just a part of that. It's just, it's that ability now to, to build off of, you know, that, that management style to build off of being a quote unquote system quarterback. Um, and, and if it is a system, right, if we look at what Kyle Shanahan's offense has done, is it really a system? Because, you know, we, we see all the different styles of play that, that have been successful, you know, in this offense. I, I don't know if you can really say that it's system based. I think it's, it's something that, that really accentuates the, the skill set of the quarterback that's under center. So um, I, I just I think the big thing for, for San Francisco and the big thing for Brock Purdy this year is the fact that they were down to Green Bay going into the fourth quarter. And we have that stat that comes up as a graphic on every game with Kyle Shanahan behind by more than five points in the fourth, yep. fourth, fourth quarter. And he was 0-34, I think. 
So you get that monkey off your back. And then what they did against the Detroit Lions, being down 24-7 at half and being able to come back, there's some things that San Francisco has done this season that they have not done before, and that's going to give them a tremendous amount of confidence in this game on Sunday. Moose, before we get to the UFL, give us 30 seconds on, because you've seen San Francisco several times this year. You had KC this year also. What's the best matchup, one thing you're going to lock into when you're watching this game on Sunday? I think one of the things that Greg Olson hit on in the championship game for Detroit was was don't get away from the run game. Um, you know, that that's an area where – you know, you, you can take advantage of, of San Francisco defensively. Um, you know, use that to control the rush that you're going to have to deal with off those edges. You know, make them play, you know, every single snap um, and honor the run and honor the pass. Don't let them get into a situation where they can pin their ears back. I think Isaiah Pacheco in this game becomes really kind of one of the really big stories. Um, I, I think how they play against those edge rushers, I think when you saw – what they did against Baltimore, I think that that was an area where you see, you know, how smart Andy Reid is. You know, Patrick Mahomes is not going to hold that ball because I know they're not going to hold up against Chase Edwards and Nick Bosa uh, and the edge rushers that San Francisco can throw out there against those tackles. It's going to have to come out quickly. It's going to have to come out on rhythm. That run game is going to have to be a huge thing just to slow those guys down a little bit. So very similar to what happened in that, that NFC Championship game. If Kansas City can come out and run the ball as effectively as they have the last couple of games. I think that that's going to be a huge thing for them. Um, you know, take a little bit of pressure off Patrick Mahomes. Um, and then when he has the opportunity to make the big plays, um, you know, that that's what Patrick Mahomes does. I mean, he just, the, the third and nine at the end of the game, you know, that that's, that's vintage, right? You're, you're throwing caution to the wind. You can put the game away right now. And, and that that's one of the things that I love about both of these teams. They're both very, very confident. Very, very aggressive. Um, they, they step out of the comfort zone every once in a while to win football games. You're not just a three-time Super Bowl champion and an outstanding analyst with Fox. You know, Daryl Moose Johnson here with us, but you're also the executive vice president of football ops of the UFL, which means you're also my boss. We've gone from friend in the Randy Galloway days, and so now you're my boss. Uh, so uh, don't fire me, Moose, please. You have too much dirt on me already. But, uh, hey, look, with combining the, the two leagues in USFL and XFL, what does this do just from a talent perspective as far as quality of play coming up? Because I'm beyond excited with the talent pool these two leagues are going to combine. Yeah, I mean, un- unfortunately, there, there's, there's kind of the, the bad side to that, right? We, we lost, you know, half of our leagues um, on each side. Um, we lost great coaches. We lost great players. But we had mechanisms in place to try to bring back as many of those people as we could from the USFL and the XFL families back in to be a part of the UFL moving forward and, and and exactly as you said ian you know the, the, the talent level um is the best it's been in spring football in, in years in years what we have and to continue to watch our general managers specifically add to key components it's, it's been really really fun watching the roster moves over the last three to four weeks as we've come off the draft cycle and the dispersal components that we had built in to get our players back into the league and watch now they're coming in and, and hitting the area that they feel is a little bit of a weakness there. We need to upgrade that. Or here's a player. I mean, Wayne Gallman came across the board a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, yeah, running yeah. back for the New York Giants is one of my favorite guys, you know, back in the day watching him. He's going to be a part of the UFL this year. So we're getting that quality, that talented player, you know, coming back into our league and our staffs, um, you know, really kind of went out and, and pulled people in. Um, and, and really added, you know, a component there. And, and that's the biggest thing is, 
is being a great teacher, being a great coach, preparing these guys, holding them accountable to understanding the assignment. And that's, that's one of the things that we want to do is we try to get these guys not just back for an opportunity in the NFL, but back to the NFL to stay for two years, three years, four years, and really kind of change the trajectory of their life being on an NFL contract for two or three years. And sometimes it's not what you're doing on the field. It's what you're doing away from the field. Are you a, pro, are you a professional in everything you're doing, getting ready for a game? Are you accountable? Are you on time? How are your note-taking? How much film are you watching? So uh, those are the things that our coaches are going to make sure are in place this year. So not only will the talent on the rosters be better, but I think our staffs are stronger as well. Uh, and, and I just can't wait. And then to top it all off, you know, let's let's take the champion from each league last year and put them against each other in the opening game of the season as as Birmingham and Arlington go at it in week one. Skip Holtz staffs- and Bob Stoops. Yeah, let's go, man. March 30th, let's play some football. Your, your, your staffs are stronger, except it could use a little work on the broadcasting side with that Ian Fitzsimmons guy. But, you know, <laughs> well, you do what you, you know, do, what do you right? With a guy that hang, you know, yeah, anybody that hangs around Randy Galloway for that long, you know, he's got to be suspect. He's got to be suspect. <laughs> right. Uh, Daryl Moose Johnson, three-time Super Bowl champ. Thanks, Moose. You got it, Amber. Thank you. Have a great week. See you, Coming up next year on Amber and Ian, one of Ian's favorite topics in the whole world, can Patrick Mahomes catch Tom Brady? We will do that next year on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is about the best player in the history of the game, Patrick Mahomes. Tom Brady could be the GOAT because he got the Super Bowls. He's the best player in the history of the game. We are taking for granted greatness. If he wins the Super Bowl and he walks away, his career is better than those that we have considered in that GOAT conversation at different times. Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, etc. He's better. Patrick Mahomes is in another world. He's by himself. He's looking at Joe Montana. He's looking at Tom Brady. That's who he's looking at. He's not looking at nobody currently that's playing. He's that great. He's really great, and when somebody is really great, you start getting compared to legends as opposed to your own competition within your own generation. And Patrick Holmes is certainly at that point where now he's going to be chasing legends rather than chasing Josh Allen or Justin Herbert or somebody like that. However, Ian... However. (laughs) However. Was it... Evan, who said it there, I can't remember now, um, from that intro, who said that if his career ended today, he'd be better already than Peyton Manning and uh, like a lot and Aaron Rodgers and a lot of the legends. I don't I don't know if I agree with that. Like if his career ended today, it's still a hell of a run and he's a Hall of Famer, but I don't 
I don't know if he's yeah, passing look, those guys if it ended today. This is what drives me nuts about this because it's not ending today. No, I mean, no, unless he gets hit fun. by a bus. All right, hold I mean, on, hold on. I'm not. It, first of all, I'm not killing off Patrick Mahomes. Relax. Second yeah, of all, I know, but that's this my is point how we sports radio. How we sports radio, Ian, is we throw out some ridiculous hypothetical that's never going to happen, and then we argue about it. That's the plural form of the pronoun. Right? I mean, so <laughs> you're using we there. I hate these discussions, and you know I can't stand these discussions. <laughs> I love them. Why can't we just live in the moment and enjoy it? We talked to Chad Henney, Mahomes' backup for a long time, you know, in, in Kansas City, a two-time Super Bowl champion, and he's like, just let it breathe. I mean, and, 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 and enjoy what we're watching. For some reason, we have to try and, and throw a legacy and just compare. Damn it, dude is still playing. Let's just let it enjoy the moment. And is he one of the greatest ever right now? Yeah, he already is. Let's see where it goes. Just kick back, prop your boots up, and enjoy. But for some reason in this day and age, and I blame Twitter and Facebook and all this instant gratification crap we got to deal with on, well, let's just judge this. Oh, I'm telling you. stop. People were doing this. They were doing this 40 years ago. We just didn't know about it. Because they were doing it inside their homes, or they were doing it at the water cooler at work. They we were weren't comparing Joe Montana to Terry Bradshaw. Oh, stop! I'm sure people were. I feel like this is how sports has always worked. Like we got to compare. No. I don't know why we do it. It's so stupid because no. none of these generations are the same. By the way, the game is played so wildly differently today than it was played when Joe Montana was the best quarterback. But I, it is no, I agree stupid with that. To compare Patrick Mahomes to Joe Montana, it, but this is what we do. Again, that plural form. <laughs> I cannot stand comparing generations because, to your point, and you are spot on, the game has changed so much. We talked to Drew Pearson about a year ago, and I asked Drew, if you and Roger Staubach were playing with the rules they have today, he goes, we'd break every record known to mankind. Those dudes were getting a hog tied in the line of scrimmage. Roger Staubach was getting his spleen busted out, and guys were taking three steps and knocking the snot out of him. Right? I mean, it's, it, it was a completely different game. So you are 1 million percent correct. But when it just comes to Mahomes right now, he is so unbelievably talented and gifted that, yeah, he, he, he is being compared already to, and, and it's that dumb question, can he catch Tom's seven? Just let it go, folks. Just enjoy the damn game on Sunday. And he, yeah, when he was asked that question, when he was posed that question at media night last night, he could not have answered it any better. Here's Mahomes being given the question, can you catch Tom? I mean, I'm not even close to halfway, so I haven't put a lot of thought into it. I mean, your goal is to be the best player that you can be. I know I'm blessed to be around a lot of great players around me. And so right now, it's doing whatever I can to beat a great 49ers team and trying to get that third ring. And then if you ask me that question in like 15 years, and I'll see if I can get close to seven. But seven seems like a long ways away still. did not even have three yet. I mean, what happens or what are people going to say? And he, by the way, that was, you could, presidents of the United States have not answered questions better than what that man just did with that one. And he knew it was coming and he had it spot on, delivered the tone, I mean, everything. The Cesura in the middle, it was absolutely, brilliantly, perfectly delivered. But let me ask you this question, Amber. What are people going to say if the Chiefs lose? On Sunday. Not much different. I honestly don't think that the Super Bowl affects Mahomes' legacy that much. I, 
there's the people out there, well, if he wins a third ring, it's blah, blah, blah. I mean, everyone already thinks Patrick Mahomes is great. I mean, we're having a freaking conversation comparing him to the greatest of all time. You actually said if his career ended today, he's already one of the greatest of all time. I mean, I probably don't put him there if it ends with just two rings, but the reality is we know that we're witnessing greatness in real time as we're witnessing it, no matter where you put him on the list of all-time quarterbacks. He is certainly an amazing quarterback. He's had an amazing career already. It's already a Hall of Fame career, and we expect that it'll continue that way no matter what happens in Super Bowl 58. So for me, it doesn't really matter what happens. If he loses I agree this with one, you. I agree with you. Better I... luck next year. You know, he'll have another shot. He's Patrick Mahomes. That's how people – that's the attitude people are going to take. I completely agree with everything you just said. I think you and I are in the minority because somebody somewhere is going to try and carve him up. Like, well, maybe we were too quick to judge how great he is. Shut the hell up. If, he, if, they, if the Chiefs, not just Mahomes, it's a team game the last time I checked. If the Chiefs lose on Sunday, my, my opinion of Patrick Mahomes does not change. But I guarantee you're going to hear a ridiculous overreaction to, well, maybe we were too quick to put him up there with the greats. And that, that, that person should be drawn and quartered in a public square. Patrick Mahomes could go out and lay an egg on Sunday, and it doesn't affect my opinion, frankly, you. about and, Patrick Mahomes. It just doesn't. I mean, and, he's only 28. That, he's going to have a lot of years. Uh, this story is still unwritten. And that means Brock Purdy would have won. Right. Well, that now, finally shut some people up. That's a different thing. Because although I don't think Super Bowl 58 affects the conversation around Patrick Mahomes, I think it dramatically affects the conversation around Brock Purdy. Not saying that if he wins it, people are all of a sudden going to think of him as beyond a system quarterback. But you will not be able to take Super Bowl winning quarterback away from him on his resume, even if that resume also has Mr. Irrelevant on it. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, we'll find out what is a big deal and what is not a big deal here on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Before my hosses. The words of Toby Keith. 
the legendary words of Toby Keith. Toby Keith passed away yesterday after a battle with stomach cancer in his early 60s. He and Willie on beer, beer, beer for my horses, just one of my favorites. Yeah. Two legends. Two I'm not surprised. Legends. You grew up on a horse farm also. I feel like I feel like that song was made for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true. If there's anybody Toby Keith made that song but, for. You know what? My mom actually at the racetrack when we, we had uh, horses at Fairgrounds, Oaklawn, and Aqueduct. But at, at the Fairgrounds, if a horse you know just needed a little, little something, my mom would actually go and give the horse a cold beer. Wow. See? Yeah, just, like, just pour <laughs> the beer right thing. there. I mean, just, I, you know, and I'm like, Mom. You like, would only know that if you grew a kid, up on a horse no farm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they made, especially during horse sales, you know, when you were selling the Fazic Tipton, it would make the coat. She she believed this. It would make the horse's coat shine a little bit, just a, a cold mm-hmm. beer. I'm going to take your word for it. Horse is not my thing so much. Fell off a horse when I was riding Gotta with my get mom. Back on. Get back Double on. saddle. That's what they say, but I was like yep. six years old. The saddle wasn't put on correctly. We were in the mountains and we went off starting to ride and the saddle just slipped like underneath the horse and we both fell off the horse. But my mother got very injured in falling off this horse. And I was only, I think, six or seven at the time. So I was completely traumatized by this whole experience and watching my mother get injured in this manner. Never, I don't. Th- I've hardly been okay. on a horse since. <laughs> there is an exception to every rule, of, and that that is that is that's thing. a that's a good exception. Watching your mom get trampled at the age of six yeah. is. A, is I think my, even my traumatic. mom, Mama Fitz, would give you a pass on not getting back up on the. Well, no, she wouldn't actually. But, but now, I, I no, will. She wouldn't. Your mother wouldn't. Uh, uh, now that I know though that you can give them beer, you know, maybe I'm back in on horses. Let's let's play some big deal. Not a big deal. It's making headlines. Extra, extra, read all about it. But is it a big deal or not a big deal with Amber and Ian? And our producer, James Steele. Hello, James. Hi. Hi, hi, hi Ian's doing today. Mm. Wow. James, what? James. You were on full, like, Pittsburgh? Yeah, I don't know either. what happened there. I was looking <laughs> James for... said something to me during the I feel break. Like McAfee's here. He said that Travis Rockold, I don't even know how Travis's name came up. I can't even remember now. One of our old producers is now with Marty Smith. He said, Travis is the sole reason why I hate Ohio State. That's very true. He was true. insufferable. Exactly. My response to that is, you are the sole reason Amber hates Kansas City. Yeah, but <laughs> the exact that, same reason. <laughs> I wear that with a, like a badge, badge of, of honor. honor. Yeah, <laughs> I'm proud of that. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's play a big deal, not a big deal. I love that. Uh, it's like, hell yeah, I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud it. of it. Yeah, why? <laughs> It's true. I I didn't really have anything against Kansas City before. (laughs) Can't help it. It started off on a bad foot with with Amber and I. It was great. Had a lot of fun there. The first time, I think, the first time Amber and I worked together, we if she would have been in studio, we would have fist fought each other about the Tyreek Hill. And it's been it's been uh, downhill ever since. (laughs) Ever since. And then they put us together permanently (laughs) on a show. She can't get rid of me, and I can't get rid of her. We should take those two people who fought to the death off air on the morning show. Oh, I haven't. We should put them together on an actual show. I haven't had you say fought to the death in a long time. Uh, Fought to the death. That used to be a Joe and Amber exclusive. Forgot about that. Fought to the death. All right, uh, big deal, not a big deal. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell announced on Monday that the Philadelphia Eagles are the designated team for the league's first ever game in Sao Paulo, Brazil. The Eagles game in South America will take place during week one against an opponent that will be revealed uh, before the full 2024 regular season schedule is released in the spring. The game will be played on Friday, September 6th. 
2024, the first time the NFL has played a game on Friday night of week one in over 50 years. Ian, big deal, not a big deal. Eagles in Brazil. Yeah, it's a big deal. Uh, one, you know, travel for the Eagles. I know they get a, get a couple days, but, I mean, that's not exactly going around the corner. It's not going to Mexico City. You're going a heck of a lot further. So, uh, you know, global expansion, I get it. You know, and these 32 billionaires want more money. Um, but, man, it's at what cost does it come, especially for the teams having to travel to Brazil? I understand they get a couple of extra days, but is that going to even be enough for technically week two on their schedule? So, hell, yeah, it's a big deal, especially for the two teams having to go to Brazil. It looks like a flight from Philadelphia to Rio de Janeiro would be about 13 hours and 30 minutes. Uh, so, yeah, the flights are getting longer uh, for for these NFL teams. Philly to London's like six, right? Right. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it's a big deal. It's a big deal that the NFL, and I understand why the NFL is doing it. It's a big deal that the NFL is staying so committed to the idea of expanding the game globally. And frankly, although maybe the players end up a little frustrated by it in terms of scheduling and in terms of time changes, it has been a rousing success. I mean, you kind of can't deny that. You saw the hype around the Germany game, obviously the other games in Europe as well. When they introduce these new markets over in Europe, it seemed to go very, very well. Uh, there's a lot of fanfare around it. It's more money in everybody's pockets at the end of the day, the more fans you can bring in. And if you can truly globalize the game eventually in the way, say, soccer is, then that just means far more money and far more popularity, hand over fist for everybody involved. So I understand why the NFL is doing it, but it's absolutely a big deal on a variety of different levels in terms of the 13-hour flight being one of them as well. But I think it's probably cool as a player as well to get to go to Brazil. I mean, it's a whole different thing. James, I'll tell you, Amber, if I t- I'll tell you this. If they ever take the Super Bowl out and then the economic impact yeah. away from an American city, now I'm going to really have You talk about a big deal, now we got a really big problem. That, that I'll saying. have an issue with. That I'll Ooh, have an issue with. Hell yeah. But I don't. I don't really have an issue with. I understand. I thought it was cool watching these games, frankly, in Europe this season. Like those games are fun. They've got a different feel around them. The players. A lot of the players talk about them. The week, the days that lead up to the game that they spend over there. That the it's a whole new experience for them being over there in that capacity. So it's a big deal. You had fun watching the uh, Chiefs beat the Dolphins. In okay, Germany? I knew you were going to bring that up. Uh, all right, uh, I realized I was teeing you up for that. Hey, walked into a bear trap. Yeah, what am I supposed to do there? Back to you, Just James. Move, along. Uh, move it along. On Sunday night at the Grammys, Taylor Swift revealed she would be driving her new album, The Tortured Poets Department, on April 19th, which was big news. But then yesterday, during uh, media night at the Super Bowl, Travis Kelsey mentioned that he had heard some of the new album. So, big deal, not a big deal, Amber, that Travis Kelsey's getting a first look at. Taylor Swift's uh, new album. I mean, that's not a big deal. That's her boyfriend. Like, if there's anybody who should get a first look or first listen to some of the songs on the album, it's probably your boyfriend. So that part of it's not a big deal. I, I thought it was really funny that people are taking, because this new album, like James mentioned, it's the Tortured, po- it's the tortured Poets Department, right, James? The Tortured Poets Department. Great name. Great album name, Which is a way. cool, cool album name. But people are taking the album name and putting Travis Kelsey's tweet from some years ago together 
as part of the tortured poets department where Travis Kelsey tweeted out like the moon looks crazy tonight. I'm going to go out and visualize my success or something to that nature. And, and so they're putting it with this tortured poet. Anyway, it's funny to think of him as part of the tortured poets department. Uh, yeah, uh, not a big deal, though, overall, if he got to sneak listen to this thing. That's that's her boyfriend, Ian. What she said. Back to you, James. Actually, I'm going to pass it off to Rachel. Yeah, I'm going to take over here because uh, Amber and James were having a little a little too much fun. Uh, but Taylor Swift is not going to be the only fighting oh, fun, right, no you fun. know. Yeah, you, okay, got it. Taylor Swift isn't the only celebrity that people are talking about at the Super Bowl. Uh, SpongeBob SquarePants and his friends are going to be taking... A little little time here. They had an sh- episode of the show in 2001 called Band Geeks where they performed halftime at the Bubble Bowl. Very famous. You haven't looked it up, guys. Just just do it. It's great. I had to explain it to James. She's been talking about this like, all week. It's weird. What's happening here? Anyway, they are going to be performing that song, Sweet Victory, live at the Super Bowl. They're getting revamped for CGI. On CBS, who's who's you made my head hurt. SpongeBob, SpongeBob SquarePants, and his friends. A cartoon is going to be performing. Friends, I assume SpongeBob SquarePants's friends are also cartoon characters, right? So, yeah, a cartoon. Colin, your your four year old. They they will be performing at the Super Bowl pre pre show. Got it. Also, SpongeBob SquarePants, a musician. They have they have one song. They Are you serious, song. Wilson? Dude, I know nothing about SpongeBob SquarePants. Like, the reason Rachel thinks this show is, is cool and racist is because she's a hell of a lot younger than me. I am way Hello? too old for SpongeBob. I'm older Hello. than you, and I know what SpongeBob is. That's I used to watch it. My kids used to watch it. That's why, because you've got teenage daughters. SpongeBob SquarePants came along after me, so I was too old to watch that cartoon. Yeah, but it was and so, so mainstream. You, either have to, you have to be, like, between a certain age to... Hit. I've not, I don't think I've ever in my to life answer seen your that. Question, not a big ball. Finish, he Isn't will he a also, sponge that literally lives under the ocean? I didn't know he was a musician. He's a bubble ball. Anyway, he's also going to be helping out with play-by-play for the Super Bowl wow. in Bikini Bottom broadcast that will be airing on Nickelodeon. So pre-show and play-by-play. Big deal, not a big deal that we will be seeing. Hold on a minute. In bikini, wait, in bikini broadcast, big deal. Now I'm back in. Go bikini ahead. Bikini bottom. Ahead. Bikini bottom, Ian. Uh, even I more so. I don't know what any of that means. Uh, obviously, this is not a big deal to me whatsoever. He lives in a pineapple under the sea. It's a big deal. Come on. Uh, ESPN. The dude that created SpongeBob, by the way, tripped a hell of a lot of acid. All right, James, go ahead. Hey, uh, what, uh, Pantera did the, the music for for a SpongeBob ep- is episode this still too. A there show? Because uh, SpongeBob is this? Yes, a it's a show. show it's a cartoon. On? No, I know, but Ian, it started in 1999. Like this thing is really old. Is SpongeBob it still today. on TV? I believe it is still on the air. Yeah, my kids I, watch At least sometimes. reruns are airing on Nickelodeon. But I was in high school when SpongeBob SquarePants came out. I was definitely not watching SpongeBob it's still around. SquarePants. The Simpsons are still around, man. I was in high school when The Simpsons years. started. Yeah, yeah, they were around when I was a kid too. Uh, real quick, Jose Altuve signed a five-year extension on Tuesday. Big that deal. All but guarantees he will finish his career with the Houston Astros. The deal is worth 125 million. Sources told ESPN, uh, taking him all the way through his age 39 season. Ian already said big deal. Amber, big deal, not a big deal. Obviously, it's obviously it's a big deal. Uh, it's a huge deal. And I think I saw. I don't have to tweet in front. Me, so I don't want to credit the wrong person. I think it was Jeff Pass and I saw tweet out that Jose Altuve already thinks that he gets paid way too much 
to play a game. So money was not the primary consideration here. And I thought that was actually a cool quote that he already thinks he gets paid way too much to play a game. You don't hear that often from these professional athletes. Of course, you know, 125 million helps, uh, which, <laughs> which is what this deal was coming up next here on Amber and Ian. No more SpongeBob SquarePants talk uh, because I don't even know. You, Rachel could play me that song. I would have no idea what's happening. Uh, apparently a sponge under the ocean sings music and there's a pineapple involved. Yeah, he lives a in a pineapple tree. under the sea, absorbing a yellow and forest sea. Uh-huh. We heard some funny things at Media Night. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and get back to those. Amber and Ian is on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. I mean, at least it's not the SpongeBob SquarePants song from the Bikini Bottom Bowl or whatever the hell Rachel was just talking about <laughs> that she then sent in the group chat. And I still, I started watching it. And I still have no idea. I do not understand it. Why is this cooler funny? SpongeBob I don't know. SpongeBob has been around since like 99. It's the cartoon, the kids' cartoon version of The Simpsons. Chris Spielman's kids were watching SpongeBob, which is amazing to me still to this day because you would think Spielman's kids are not watching nothing but like war movies and strategy and, 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 and weightlifting shows. But they watch SpongeBob. <laughs> but apparently SpongeBob, who is going to be. That guy. Oh, wow. Oh, goodness. He's performing at the Super Bowl. Performing at the Super Bowl. SpongeBob SquarePants. That's where this conversation started. Could have gone my whole life without hearing this. SquarePants. Ryan Matlack said this is the millennial rallying cry. And I am technically a millennial, but I've never felt less like one in my life than this conversation. Hold on. If you're technically a millennial, we'll hear from Patrick Mahomes on everything from, well, were you doing Kermit the Frog? No, no, we're going to abs um, and dad bods. If you're technically a millennial, can you drive a stick shift? I can. 
Then you're not a millennial. Okay. Oh, really? Is that? But I'm I'm considered an elder, a geriatric millennial. I, geriatric. I believe is the term. I believe that's the terminology for those of us at the back end of the millennial generation. Where yes, we did in fact learn to drive a stick shift. Uh, now it wasn't a requirement. I just you know I happened to date some dudes who had stick shifts. So there you go. That's how I learned. I always had automatic cars, but Mark I can that. in fact drive a stick shift. To, to impress boys, really, is why I learned to drive stick shifts. All right. Nothing's impressive about Andy Reid's taste in cheeseburgers or particularly Chris Carlin's, which is shocking information. So, of course, it was media day yesterday at the Super Bowl. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson, Ian Fitzsimmons here with you. It was media day at the Super Bowl. We got all sorts of fun sound from everybody involved in Super Bowl 58, including from the Chiefs head coach. He was asked about cheeseburgers. Here is Andy Reid. Top three cheeseburgers. Oh, my goodness. We can go across the street, uh, get an In-N-Out burger. Tommy's, Los Angeles. Yeah, we'll throw Hawkins in there. Where's Five Guys? Five Guys is up there. I don't know anything about Tommy's or Hawkins. Five Guys is pretty good. But... In and out should not be on that list. Both Ian and I agree oh, on that. That, that is embarrassing. That in and out is that is an overrated West Coast experience. There now, Chris Carlin coming off of that Andy Reid sound decided to rank his favorite cheeseburgers as well. However, he did a weird thing with this list. Take a listen. My two honorable mentions. First of all, In and Out is honorable mention at best. Okay, let's leave it at that. And then uh, just because of the name. And I haven't had it, but they have a one and a half pound burger. It is a chain out west called Fat Burger. I would be all in on that. So just hold on. Just to be clear, the integrity of this list has a burger listed in the top five that you've actually never even had. Yeah. And the reason is, Joe, they have no pretense about themselves. They call themselves Fat Burger. Yeah, I lived out west for over 12 years. I'm familiar with Fat Burger. Like okay. you, you saying it like it's some revelation for me. They were all over in Las Vegas. Well, I've Joe, seen we, them everywhere. I've been there multiple times. We all I've actually eaten it. You haven't. And That's, yet it's on your top five list. Well, it's there because I, I absolutely celebrate their spirit. That's what I do. This list is something else. This list is something else. <laughs> I mean, I, and then he, I, I was listening to this. You cannot do that. What is he doing? He has a... I, he has I a burger near, on the list he's never had? Thank what is you. That? I damn near put the truck into a tree. I was, I mean, it, it was like, what are you doing? I pulled off to the side of the road and actually sent them, Evan Wilner, Handman, Joe, and Carl in a group text going, I could not be more disappointed. You might as well put a damn veggie burger on your list. I mean, it, it was embarrassing. There's some fire veggie Carlin. burgers out there. I mean, but put, putting, I putting a joint for a very long time. I'm just saying you've never had on your top on your. He started the top three, right? And then he had a, a typical Carlin. He had to go honorable mention, so it got to like 18. I mean, but right. I mean, it, it, that, that's 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 a Carlin list. You never even walked into the joint, and you're putting it in your top in your honorable mention of your top three. Come on, dude. Come on. And here's Good. what's disappointing: Chris Carlin is somebody I would go to. For advice on hamburgers. Thank you. He Amen. feels like somebody who should be an authority on the subject. He's in my top three, well, was, past tense now, 
he would he would have been one of my top three connoisseurs of what is or is not a tasty burger. You know what? Let's do that. Give me your top three here at ESPN Radio. If you had to seek advice on cheeseburgers from three people here in order, who would it be? Ooh, okay. Because uh, Carlin could, would have been number one on my list, he, he but now been, he, I'm he, finding out his look, taste is we, very we, suspect. We just traded him away to the chicken sandwich. He's gone. I mean, he's out, right? He, he He's out. He, he's no longer on the ball club. Very Chris disappointing. Can, Chris Canty. Yeah. I mean, no doubt yeah, about it. Yeah, he'd be on the list. Uh, we're, like just, we're just going, we're just going on here. air. Can we go producers also? We're just going on air. I was just thinking on-air talent, okay. but uh, we could go producers. Well, that, that's saying that producers aren't talented. As a former producer, come on now. So, uh, but anyway, uh, so <laughs> thank you. Uh, I didn't. I don't make this stupid whatever. T- I'm, <laughs> this. I'm going. Can't, Canty's definitely in there. Uh, I worked for Freddie Coleman for nearly a decade. That dude loves a tasty burger. Uh, so I would go Freddie Coleman also. Okay. And then um, it's fair. Definitely not you. You don't eat carbs. Q no, Myers. I would not be a good Myers. on Q's lived all over Q this Myers. country. He's been in Texas. He's been out west. He's going to have some uh, some good variety. I'd go Q Myers. Yeah, he'd probably know. Harry Douglas, surprisingly, even though he looks like he's never eaten a morsel of anything bad in his life because he's completely shredded, he does, in fact, partake. He just has a metabolism of, like, I don't know, a, a magician. By the way, so, Smashburger, he might be a good Wendy's, too. Wendy's, because of my childhood, you dip the fry into the Frosty, and their burger right. from the big three chains, very yeah. tasty burger. And then, well, number Spicy one. Spicy chicken what, sandwich for me at Wendy's. What a burger. The number four was really good. Yeah, I'm with really? you. That, that's a number. What a what burger. What a burger. As your favorite burger. I think I'd probably be like a Five Guys. Uh, Shake Shack is pretty good. 